Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. This is Unscripted. My name is Matt, and uh, I'm the host of the show. I also go by the name Cut Corners, if you don't know already. Uh, and today is a special episode uh, of the Unscripted. We have none other than DBRC, one of, the, one of my favorite producers. Uh, he made this fantastic record here, Bonus Levels, among many other records. He's the master of the SP404, the master of Serato Studio, and he has a Serato Studio 2.0 remix competition that's just wrapped up, and we're going to announce the winner of the competition today and we're going to play a bunch of the beats that were submitted thank you so much to everybody who submitted beats on our discord and joined in there's like so many insane beats uh and i'm really excited to to run through them all with you uh but without further ado let's bring to the stage mr dbrc dbrc what's up, what's up? <laughs> what up matt what's yeah. up Man, it's good to have you here, dude. We've got all this. We got all the effects ready for today, and seeing that it's Dilla, Dilla month as well, we got to pull out the siren. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, how, how are you though, dude? How's how's everything been going? Oh man, I'm hanging in there, man. It's been a busy month, you know, natural disasters and all that good stuff, and <laughs> man, also. The uh, teaching, doing the workshops at Berkeley, and all the Flip a Beat Club stuff. So, yeah, man. Shout out to <laughs> uh, to to Naz, uh, the Berkeley crew, uh, and and of course Flip a Beat Club out in Sacramento, where you're coming to us live from, man. It was crazy to hear about. Um, I mean, I don't want to blow up your spot too much, but crazy to hear how how badly the storms affected you. On a personal note, um, how is everything? going i mean you, you is everything kind of wrapping up now or where where are you at uh still still dealing with repairs to the roof but uh yeah we're we good though we had insurance so thank goodness the homeowner insurance so we good <laughs> but uh i had to move the lab shut down the lab take everything apart so so i got the portable set up but nobody was hurt, and we're good. Man, <laughs> Still been active, man. I'm so glad that you're okay, man. And and shout out to condolence to everyone in California who had had to go through that. I know Sacramento was hit pretty hard, but it's great that you're you're okay. The family's okay, um, and hopefully that lab is back up and running soon. Yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, I'll set up in a Starbucks if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I know you've been making beats on trains uh, and all sorts of places. Trains, planes, automobiles, right? Exactly. <laughs> Man, shout out to leaders of the new school. <laughs> right on, right on. Hey, hey I want to give a, a big shout out to everyone who's tuned in right now. We've got a lot of the, 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 the regular fam in here. It's definitely the Flip a, beat, Flip a Beat Club fam are representing heavy. What's up, Mons Rock? Sight Beats, uh, Abs Wanner. Great to see you all. Ali Wan Kenobi. Uh, Borch Obito, we got JB, JB1200, Amp3391 Beats, BAP Notes, always coming with the hot samples, uh, Jacoba Beats, great to see you all here, thank you so much, what up Lonnie Says, Sticky Hands, Jesus, get loose. <laughs> and we got Man. Master Lee from Scamsterdam, DJ Gons and DJ Miggy, yo, it's great to see you all here. Oh man, yeah, that's family, all the Serato, DB Diner, Kitchen, family, up in the building, FABC fam. 
Hey, speaking of which, can you t- can you tell us a little bit a bit about uh, Flip a Beat Club and and what you guys are doing out there in Sacramento and in, in other cities as well? Yeah. So um. So and uh, Mons Rock came with. Out shout out to Mons Rock. So I, I've been helping them with that since I believe October, October November. Like last year, we've been doing it like every month, like once a month where we cook up in the record store. We we started it at Twelves Wax. Shout out to Twelves Wax. They they gave us they let us use their spot, and it'd be like sixteen to twenty producers link up. They bring their NPCs, whatever, laptops, anything, and plug up, and we'll we'll either select some records or we'll have a guest curate a pack and um yeah it's it started out just in sacramento but we uh expanded it to like la dmv toronto shout out to ross fresco um philly shout out to q no rap name phil specter out there in philly um we're about to add some more this year and uh yeah man it's it's crazy it's just been a little over a year and uh it's been growing what's like the best thing about that uh those those kind of cookups for you like what what's the thing that you get the most out of like having those those sessions oh man it's it's inspiring it's like you know in the discord hearing everybody's flips like it makes you want to cook up but this is in person and a lot of times when I used to go to the record store. You'll listen to a record. You hear one way when you're at the listening station. Then like two hours when you get home, that record sounds different. But like you can like instantly cook up after you get that sample just in the record store. It's the whole essence of being in a record store with your machine. And and then you might be, you know, trading tips with the producer sitting next to you and it's like everybody building, man. It's cool. Yeah, that sense of community is so important, man. Um, and I know you've been part of the loop sessions, uh, things that we've been doing as well. And just the energy you get from those. Shout out to loop sessions as well, of course. Um, you know, yeah. The, the kind of energy you get just from being around a lot of creative people like that. It's not, not necessarily even competitive, right? It's just really supportive and uh, yeah. encouraging. So it's like, you know, whatever skill set you have if you're just starting it's like come on through and you know everybody you might pick up some stuff and you know it's all repetition you come every month you're getting better each time and it was like a lot of people that would show up like man they was like in their shell in the beginning and each month they would just start leveling up and then i just i see them like doing a thing now man like a year later man it's like they really active and they putting out albums and it's crazy, man. It's like a, I'm a proud uncle, man. <laughs> For real. You know what I think is, is really cool too? Like, um, you know, as, as somebody who also makes beats from time to time, like, you know, I'll show up to one of these things and you'll get given a sample and it'll kind of give you like a starting point, you know, like you, you'll choose, a, a, you know, everyone's going to kind of choose this one thing. And it'll give you a starting point, but you've also got these parameters where you've got to kind of finish it within a certain time frame to be able to play it to everybody. And it really just gets you going. And I think um, one of the things that I've I've noticed is that you just, you feel a bit more comfortable. You kind of break through barriers 
which is oh, like yeah. really, really helpful. Yeah, it's. I feel like during the pandemic, as crazy as it was, man, it, I don't know, it helped in other areas, man. Because I wasn't like trying to do none of this streaming stuff and so, you remember I was I was on your line like, dude, I don't think I can get this uh, OBS and all this good stuff going. And then, yeah, now I'm doing it like on a regular. So it, it helped out, man. And then going to the flip a beat, the same thing, man. Yeah. Like I was just, I was in the cut, man, a lot of times now, you know. And um, yeah, the whole community is cool. It was like a tribe I was looking for out here in SAC for years. And it was it's like a whole tribe out there, not just in SAC, but all over, man. <laughs> true, true. And I love, I love, I think you even mentioned on your Twitter once, it was like really cool to see, um, you know, if you don't, if you don't necessarily feel like there's something like that in your hometown, you know, where you live or whatever, you, you may just not be tapped in. And by being part of these events, sometimes that can really make you aware of how much talent is, is just in your city or, or just very close by, right? Like, uh, yeah. I think uh, I went to one, uh, I mean, I, I guess Sacramento isn't as well known as like somewhere like LA for music, much like Vancouver yeah. isn't as well known. And it's always still surprising how much talent is just in your immediate vicinity, you know, and it, it, it blows my mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, they, they, shit, they might be making beats in the garage and they don't even know where to look to. They just, like, it was some, some guys in SAC, they was out living, they were in El Grove for like three years, not even knowing. And then I'm like, what are you doing, dog? Come come through. And now they regulars now, and we keep them looped in and everything. And uh, it's like um, even the cats that rhyme or vocalists, we encourage them to come through. It's like you can find some production you might like tap in with a producer lock in on a a project like um like Roz Fresco he found out one of his artists Gritfall he's like 17 like he was a regular at the Flip a Beat in Toronto and like he was making beats and then he found out he rhymed and he put out a whole project with him on the uh, on the Baker's Club label and now they touring now that's crazy. Yo, shout out Baker's Club, Roz Fresco. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Obviously, um, you've done plenty of releases um, as you're on. Like I was saying, Bonus Levels, fantastic record that I also own. Um, oh, but man. you've just recently put out uh, Secret Wars uh, the last year or two uh, with Roz Fresco, a collaborative project. Um, tell yeah. me a little bit about like, how you guys linked up. Like, how did you meet up with, how did you check out what Baker's Club were doing? Well, um, the crazy thing was, uh, he hit me up on Twitter, man. But he he hit me up with like a video, not just a little tweet. He was <laughs> like, "Let me send you a video so you can see my energy." And then he was like, he was hungry, man. And like I could, I can relate to that, man. And it was like genuine his whole approach. And like um, after that, we I was kind of familiar with one of his projects because um, it was. What was that the polo sportsman project like i saw that album cover floating around because i was familiar with that artist and then um i was like yeah i peeped that out actually and then we just started building from there so i sent them like a pack of five beats and then 
he knocked out that pack of five like in one day. Wow. wow. <laughs> and then I sent him, I sent him, but he, he sent it like structured like an album though. Oh, wow. With the, in, with the interlude. So I was like, okay, so this is how you want to play. So I, I sent him another five that was cohesive with that first five. And then he came back with another five and it was kind of structured. And then it was like we pieced it together. So we did like four, we sent them like, it was like four chapters of five beats. Wow. So that's why it says chapter one, chapter two, ah. chapter three. That's, that's the order how the beats were sent. Wow. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give it up for that. <laughs> and it, it, it took seven, it took a week, man, to make that album, man. That's it crazy, like man. Real easy, it was a real easy process, man. Don't you love it? Like, that's, that sounds to me like the perfect, like, working scenario. Like, yo, big up, big up Raz Fresco. That's pro. Yeah. That's really, really professional working, working stuff right there. That's how, how it should be done, I think. <laughs> yeah, we, but we would chop it up on, on the phone, on, you know, FaceTime and all that. So it wasn't just like some emailing stuff. So, you know, cats could vibe out and yeah, man. Because it's hard when you're in, you know, totally different cities, right? That's tough. But, um, yeah. you know, if you can do that right, if, you know, if you've got the right people all, all focused on the plan, that sounds like exactly how it should go. Um, now, tell me about this record, though. I want to, let's take it back to, to bonus levels because similarly, on Ooh. the back of this, I've noticed there was some nice little con- conceptual things done here. We have, uh, you know, arrows, uh, arrows here uh-huh. and buttons like A uh-huh. and B. I yep. see. I see how you did that there, based on like the controller, right? You got the controller here with the arrows, and, and I was like, exactly. Yeah, shout out to Nas. She she designed the cover. I, I was giving her little ideas here and there, but she basically designed it. We went to the video game store around the corner where they had controllers, and he put all the controllers out on the table. And I had a few controllers at my house too, and took a picture of that and then um i think that joystick on the front cover that's from a coin op in sacramento it's like on k street it's like a bar arcade spot okay a barcade is that what they call them yeah barcade (laughs) kind of like the um what's the spot around the corner from y'all 82 82 82 exactly so um yeah took a picture in there and then that was the cover man she I was like, I want it to be like a Super Nintendo box, oh, like dumb. the old, the the actual box. So we just, you know. Yo, and you did it like yeah. shout out on this vinyl. Like, check this vinyl out, everybody. Like, look at this, look at this, look at that. How nice is that, <laughs> yo? Bruh, yeah. So man. you got on this side arrows, this side buttons. The man. details, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah, they got them at Fat Beat still, I think. If, um, you know, if y'all haven't got it, they still have them, I think. Now, it's cool because I, I read the review for this. Um, DiBiase has devised his own dynamite, comprom- own dynamite comprised of J. Descended, Moonlight, Moonlit Soul, G-Funk's South LA Swing, and the Dusty Cartridge and Epileptic Flashes of 8-Bit Nintendo <laughs> music. Like dude, oh, that's man. that's a fire review. Do you know was that the Passion Weiss guy that did that? I think so. Yeah, man. L.A. Times, I think. 
It was a quote from L.A. Times. I That's think. right, L.A. Times. Uh, yeah, man. So yeah, with this record, you were you were really leaning into the to the like is it is it eight bit? Is that fair? The 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 video game yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. So originally, way back in the day, I did an album called Up the Joystick. This was like two thousand five, and I was pressing the CDs up and shipping them out. This is like the MySpace era. I was shipping them out to uh, overseas. I was mailing them off. Like, I might probably made, like, 500 of them. Wow. And was just, uh, and then just hand-to-hand combat, like, at, at shows, like, at Project Blowed and all that. And But that, that CD got around just for me mailing them out to people, to, like, Europe, to Russia, all kind of spots I haven't even set foot on, man, to this day still. <laughs> wow. But, uh, but, yeah, that was my first uh, video game project. But um, after a while, people was like, oh, that's all he be making, video game stuff. But that wasn't like my full stuff. So I was like, man, I'm not going to make any more video game albums. And then years later, <laughs> I did something <laughs> on Bandcamp. And then, I don't know, I got the bug again. And then I was like, man, I want to put something out on vinyl since I was putting vinyl out at the time. So bonus levels was... That came out of that. I was in the process of moving, and my computer, uh, I had to get a new computer in the middle of the process of that album, so some of the beats were missing that I wanted on there, and some of the files was missing from oh, Serato Studios. Oh, man. <laughs> it wasn't y'all fault, but it was it was kind of hard to track down the sounds. I was using Ableton and Serato Sample, actually. And, um, yeah, it was just, I don't know, I was in the middle of that process, and but it came out cohesive, and, yeah. That's fire, man. So, yeah, let's, let's just talk a bit about, like, you mentioned Project Blow there, and I know, like, you've been involved in a lot of, like, really iconic L.A. Uh, events. Like, uh, I mean, you were part of, uh, obviously, a big part of the Low End Theory, um, and, you, you, you know, you worked with those guys, Daddy Kev, mastered this record um yeah and then obviously project blowed like being such an important uh scene for foundational scene for a lot of rap uh, from la can you can you just talk about your your experience at project blood i know you from what i what i know is you would go to that event and you'd actually play beats outside of project blood uh you know yeah events. is that right yeah outside and inside towards uh oh eight oh nine me and my boy pudge we did the uh, L.A. the L.A. series for All City. Um, we used to be like resident producers, so we would have our NPCs up in Project Blowed and just banging out beats live while the uh, cats were freestyle, like cats from Volume 10 to all kind of people. It was crazy. And then uh, Raj G was a, a resident DJ. Rest in peace, Rest Raj in peace, G. Rest in peace, Raj G. But, um, yeah, um... But I, I met Raj G at the Blood, even though we went to high school together, but I really connected with him at Project Blood around 97. And he was, like, spinning, like, Dilla Beats, like, Slum Village and all kind of stuff back then in 97. Wow. And then, um, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, I was going to Good Life way back in high school. 
So I was getting some of my first instrumental beat tapes at Good Life, like in 94. Wow. <laughs> the first uh, beat tape I bought was from um, from DJ Nobody. That was a resident at Low End Theory. Shout out so, Elvin. Um, yeah, big up. Yeah, Elvin. Yeah, his his beat tape and uh, it was a CVE uh, instrumental album that was on a CD, which was crazy. Wow. That was like my first two beat CDs. And then, yeah, man, out of the L.A. scene. And then I would notice like people at Good Life playing like original instrumentals. Sometimes they were playing beats from the DAT machine at Good Life. So I was like tripping out, intrigued on that. Because, you know, some people would be rhyming over just regular hip hop instrumentals. They would get like Gangstar instrumentals or something. But like a lot of the regulars at Good Life had their own production. Shout out to Fat Jack and cats like that. Skilo was having his own beats up there. So I was seeing all of that. And then we would go outside because it would end at 10 o'clock kind of early because it was at a health a health store a health cafe it's like um eight to ten o'clock good life was and then um i say around 95 that's when project blows started so towards the tail end of good life we would go to good life from eight to ten and then go down the street to project blowed then that would stay open till like one in the morning and then yeah man <laughs> wow. so you see all the the ciphers and stuff and then i would bring my boom box i started making beats around 95 when i got comfortable to play beats in front of people then um you know i started bringing a boom box but uh i say about a year two years i was comfortable playing beats but it was pretty basic beats during that time but they were freestyling to it, so I guess it was all right. It's so cool, though. Like, there's like a whole another. Um, I want to sh shout out Wunther and and Appendo and a, a bunch of the homies that are doing yeah. similar things in in LA, just like pulling up with a, a boombox and just have playing their that's beats. The best. <laughs> it's super yeah, dope. man. That's the essence, man. Of that, it's like you're not even spamming people, and it's like the music speaks for itself. So. People will be like, oh, man, what's that you playing? So, oh, yeah, it's this beat tape. I actually have it here. <laughs> what? Super dope. And then, yeah, that's what I would do. For, like, I put out a beat tape in 99 on a, a CD, man. So I would just uh make, like, little covers. Like, I used to do graphic designs and sign painting back in uh, 97 to 99. So I had, like, all that art skills and stuff and then sometimes I would Xerox copies at my job at the park at the time and then just burn some CDs and slang nose man wow and then um but I would have the boom box and it was like hand to hand or I would pop the hatchback of my jeep I had speakers in the jeep and it was crazy man that's so awesome man and this is all uh like South LA this is Lamert Park area right yeah but um I would go to I would go to a lot of shows from to San Diego. I would bring the boombox if we would have shows. I used to be in a rhyme rhyming crew and whenever we have shows I just have the boombox with me and just yeah, man. Start a party wherever we was at, man. <laughs> so when you made all these CDs, like 
you know, you've toured a lot. I mean, I've talked to, in fact, the person who introduced us together was, uh, shout out Shashu in Montreal. And he, he, oh, wow. he, he talked about how you came to Montreal with your SP 404 and you, and you did a whole set or a 303. I can't remember what it was. Um, the 404, yeah. Yeah. And, and he was, I was just wondering like, with that, with those CDs that you're, you're, um, you're, you know, selling and, and making, producing and, and, and sending all around the world. Was that, did that help you get into touring or how did that all start? Man, it took, a, I felt like I got late into the touring part. Like, cause, um, with the rhyming stuff, I, I was like doing that. Then I, I went full time with the beats in 05. So like I was doing like the whole beat battle circuit for like a little minute. So like a lot of the homies, like Ross G and Flylo and them, they would be like, man, why are you doing these beat battles? You need to be touring, dog. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know. This this is my little lane right now. I feel like y'all touring, y'all doing that touring stuff. Like, I don't have a passport or none of that, man. And then um, then I went to uh, the Red Bull Big Tune, and then that that helped me travel for the first time out of Cali. So I went to New York. That was like 08. And then that's when I was like, I might be able to do a little something with this near that time. And then um, then I moved to Sacramento in 2010. Then I, I was with a booking agency around that time. And then, and then uh, yeah, that's when the touring started. Once I got the booking agency hit me up. And, but I was doing like a lot of electronic raves and some of that stuff. And it was cool, but... Like, I like the simple stuff, man. <laughs> so it's like, like, you know, stuff with some dancers, some freestyle dancing, you know, just the essence, man. But, yeah, um, man. but it was, it was cool though. I got to go around places and then, then Nas, she started doing the booking after I stopped doing stuff with the booking agency. And then that's when I went to Canada when she was booking for me. Like she was doing all of that. Oh wow! So yeah, we went to New Zealand, Australia. Yeah, man, Japan with low end theory, but um, yeah, that's that's about it. That's crazy yeah. though, man. Yeah, I think I I saw you at the low end theory anniversary with Shashu. That was the first time we we got to meet up and link up in L.A. at the Shrine. That was a fire gig. Yeah, that was insane. Oh man! Yeah. Wow. Um, that's crazy but yeah man it's crazy to think especially about LA you know we talk about it a lot um, but you know to like you just mentioned you know your contemporaries are people like you know Ross G Rest in Peace Flying Lotus you know you've got some insanely you know huge people obviously with the low end theory people like DJ Nobody D Styles Daddy Kev Gaslamp Killer you know these are all the part of this this LA landscape it's and it, and it goes on further like you said with Project Blood you know you've got Freestyle Fellowship AC Alone all the extended yeah. fam there uh, it it's it's insane you know to think about this uh, the the influence of of this LA the music from LA and and, it's, and this tiny community you know that has really like influenced oh, the, the rest of the world you know oh man it was, yeah it was rich like a lot of people just think project bloat is just all rapping and stuff but it it had a lot of producer like stuff there like they would have beat battles there and shout out to duke westlake man and mike 
No such thing, actually. I oh, remember yeah. no such. He beat me in a beat battle, dude. I remember uh, he got me good, man. <laughs> I, I like that. You know, don't judge a book by the cover, man. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna just play it light in the first round against him. I didn't know, but Raj G was like, man, you know. This dude works at Guitar Center next door to Kubox, dog. This dude be around machines all day, man. I'm like, <laughs> he got me up out of there real quick. Ever since then, I just, <laughs> I started, you know, not holding back and underestimating anybody. So it was <laughs> lessons, but, um, you know, no such thing. What he, he went on to do, great things and, yeah, man. I'm a big fan of No Such Thing. He's an incredible producer. Uh, yeah, if you're not familiar with him in the chat, that's right. No Such with N-O-S-A-G. I saw him live at, um, at, at, I've been fortunate to see him at Low In Theory too. He always puts on a great show. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nah, so yeah, I learned about certain producers from there as well as all the other beat battles. But um, yeah, some of the... Not too many beat scene cats will hop in beat battles, but some that did, it definitely, it did some damage in it. <laughs> Even Toki Monster, she was doing damage in the beat battles around that time too, man. Wow. Yeah, shout out Toki Monster. Hey, we got a question from Ali Wan Kenobi in the chat. Um, he asked, uh, curious to know um, about Madlib. Uh, did he ever come through uh, to the Project Bloat or, or, any, or Good Life or anything like that? Uh, I not I never seen Matt live at 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 Good Life for the Blow. I'm pretty sure he might have went through there, but I just seen him at other shows like like at the Knitting Factory. Like there was like um what was that show? Um it was Beat Society. Oh yeah. This was like uh two thousand five, two thousand six, but he was there and um Dilla was there too. Wow. They were just in the crowd chilling. And then I would see beat battles with Can Kick, where they bring their equipment on stage. That was actually the first show I saw where cats brought their um equipment on stage. Like Can Kick had his ASR ten. Oh, I think shit. Red Mat Red Matic might have been on that one too. I know Red Matic was on the Beat Society, but it was like they would have like beat shows every so often, but it'd be like, you know, the cats that was really doing it. But when I seen them having a equipment on stage, that was like, man, I could do that, man. Or I think I can. <laughs> well, hey, look. I think I could. This is a really good segue because we got to talk about this machine here, the SP404 Mark II. Um, oh, boy. And, and just the, the history with you. Um, I feel like this is something obviously very, very special to you, but the way that you used that, you, the way you use this machine and the way it's, it's now used, a lot of it, from my understanding, has really come from the way that you used it. You know, you kind of pioneered, especially the way that you used the, you know, the effects and things like that. Um, and I'm just really curious to know, like, how did you, like, how did that, did, what was your first experience with, like, the 303 or the 404? Like, how did you approach it and how did that kind of come to be? So, um, man, I, I had a 303. It was crazy how I got the 303. It was like, um, I got the last one at Pooba. Well, at Guitar Center, the one no such thing worked at. 
<laughs> and then um, it was the last one, the floor model one, missing some knobs on it. So I got it, and then I remember searching for memory cards with Flylo way in the valley, just looking for memory cards on a mission. Cause um, I saw him do a quick cookup on it. Cause I saw I had the uh, the the wah filter on it. Cause prior to that, I was burning my samples on a a CD. Running it through a CDJ and using the, oh, the filter effect on the CDJ and wow. sample that into the MPC. Wow! But, um, but when I saw Flalo do a quick cookup with the 303 and had the wild filters, I'm like, oh shit, I need this too. And then it was a wrap from that. And then um, I remember uh, I I ended up seeing that the 404 was coming out in some catalogs, and I was like. This looked like it has way more memory, cause um, I remember um, doing a beat set. My first like serious beat set was at Boombox with Inca, and I remember him stre- stressing to me, it can't be no dead dead space in between the the music. <laughs> Inca said so that. Like, yeah. <laughs> no dead nah, space. I, yeah. Oh well, shit. What I used to, what I used to do for beat sets, I used to have an MPC with this like um digital eight track. Because the MPC, you have to load up beats one at a time. So when I'm loading up a beat on the MPC, I would have the, the beats on the digital 8-track playing and then load up the beat on the MP so I could have something cohesive. But it was just a lot of gear, man, to yeah. be bringing. So and the 303 didn't have that much sampling time. It was like 15 minutes. It was cool if you were doing a short set. So um, I did like the set at Boombox. It was like the one year anniversary with a 303. So I made it cohesive and I was like, man, but, uh, you know, I need something different. So I saw the 404 in the catalog. It was one of them Sweetwater, one of them kind of catalog. And I was looking at the specs, seeing that it had like a gig, like a gigabyte of on the, the compact flash. So I'm like, man, I think I can I can use that, dude. And do like two hours to whatever with a set in that and not even need nothing else. So um, I remember uh, I ended up uh, getting that shit because um, I was like doing like a show. I also um, I was doing a show at uh, Dub Lab and No Such Thing had like this plugin that was doing like the glitching effect oh, on yeah. the computer. But I wasn't like using computers like that or software at the time. Like I was just intimidated by that because I would see like the homies doing their beat sets and they shit would crash on them. And I'm uh. like, it's no way <laughs> I'll do a show and I can recover from that if that happens to me. So I was like, something like the SP is cool for some live sets for me because it, it won't crash or nothing. So that kind of got me into that. So. I was like selling a beat to somebody in San Diego and they came to the house to buy some beats and I played them some beats I made and then I don't know what the conversation was but he said he had a, a 404 the, the OG 404 in his trunk I'm like what and he said it doesn't have a power adapter or memory card but I have it and he was like shit you gave me the beat in $50 shit <laughs> It's yours, dog. So <laughs> that's sick. I gave him fit. I gave him fifty dollars, and then 
that 404 sparked off everything. And then I remember G was going to London and I was telling him, you need this 404, dog. It's like, because he's using the 303. So he took my 303 and his 303 so he can do a set out there. And I think he might have blew the fuse on it because uh. the, the, the converters, but I got it fixed and all that. But, um, yeah, but when he came back, he, he ended up getting a 404, like, not too long after that, and then, but, um, yeah, that's how that started with the 404, man. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool, man, and it's so cool to see, like, yeah, it was really great, like, uh, shout out Roland, it was really great to see how they really inc included you in that, uh, it feels like you've, you've really championed that piece of hardware, and it's great, you know, you showed me how to use it with Serato Studio, you showed me how to route it in Serato Studio oh, so you can record all that. And it's cool, like, so many folks in the, in the Discord and, and at DB's Diner, I see them, they're all using Serato Studio, and then they, they route it in so they can do the effects and all that. It's, man, uh, it's super cool, man. It's super cool. Yeah, man. Nah, it's, it's a trip, man, even, like, yeah, messing with me. It was like, I still remember using the eight-second sampler, wishing I had equipment like some real deal equipment now it's like i get to talk to the developers and build with them and suggest certain stuff and you know send something back and it's like man that's it, it still bugs me out to this day man well well i mean dude it, you you offer so much uh you know so much great perspective and and uh, information i mean th that's totally that's totally how it should be, really, right? Like, you know, getting that first-hand experience and that first understanding, uh, that artist uh, understanding of what artists want to do, and then it makes every everything better for everybody. It makes better product, so that's the that's yeah. the way to that's the way to do it. Any anything you wanted to say before we we step away, DB? Oh yeah, somebody was asking what what flavor Dutch Bros <laughs> Shark Attack Shark Attack is the the flavor of the month, man. The shark nice. attack or the orange cream sickle is a good one. But um some stuff I wanted to plug uh sample mode at UC Berkeley, which is a course now, a two unit course. Uh Nas Roxwell, she's the she the professor. I'm I'm helping out instructing. Ultra Boy helping out. Uh yeah, we got and then we're doing stuff at June Jordan High School in San Francisco on Thursdays, so and a uh, shout out to Merrick from Koala too as well. So we're we're doing like Koala this semester and possibly Serato Studio next semester, man. So um, yeah, man. So and shout out to Flip a Beat Club. Yeah, big up Mons Rock in the house. Shout out to uh, Nas as well. Designed the record. Does she designed this record too? Hey. Yeah, that yeah. ten ten thirty. That was that was our label. Do uh. Fat Beats, shout out to Redmatic. He the one that linked us with Fat Beats, and yeah, he hooked that up, man. That's Way fine. back in, yeah. Nah, thank you, man. I awesome. don't want to ho hog your time or nothing. So, <laughs> nah, this was yeah, great, man. man. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, DV. Yeah, man. Until next time. Indeed. All right. Peace. All right, y'all. Peace.